Let's talk about Mile High Shooting. If you go to milehighshooting.com and order online right now, anything you get is 5% off. Just sign up, click the button, and you're done. Go to the website, and you're going to see right off the bat Zeiss LRP S5. I've been playing with my S5, and I like it. And I also like the S3. They are kicking ass. We're going to be talking about those guys soon. But other things they carry... Well, they only carry good stuff. So they've got AI rifles, AI mags, AI barrels, AI accessories, spur mounts, spur rings. They've got really right stuff, Lapua, Night Force. You can get an ATX outfitted the way that you want it to. And then they've got boatloads of ammunition. They've got boatloads of bullets and powders, as well as every other thing that you could possibly imagine for long-range shooting. I think that they are the ultimate one-stop shop for anybody that listens to this podcast. So hit them up, tell them that the Straight Dope sent you, and you won't be disappointed. They're my local gun shop. They support matches. They support shooters. They're good people, and they can ship all over the country. So whatever it is that you need, they can provide it. Check them out. Get back to the range. So I, I equate fundamentals to sports, right? So I talk about Phil Mickelson playing golf when I talk about the fundamentals because there's actually a video on Twitter of Phil Mickelson shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor, and he's like, hey, everybody, I'm going to shoot my 6.5 Creedmoor to 1,000 yards, and then he goes and taps the trigger and doesn't follow through. And it's like, here's a golfer with no follow through. Right, So you like look at sports and you look at your fundamentals. But then you look at rifle setup and you look at different things as if your car. Okay, So I equate the stock to your seats, mm-hmm. your scope is your mirrors, and your bolt is your steering wheel. So you got mirrors, steering wheel, and seat. If somebody goes out in the parking lot and moves any one of those things of your car, you would immediately know. Who the fuck touched my shit? Because somebody touched my mirrors, my seat, something. Well, then I look at it this way with the fundamentals and people's focus on them. Because this is something we see where new shooters misplace their focus. And the big one I use a lot in the class is breathing. And why breathing on the fundamental side do you look at that? is because there's a ton of bad information about breathing out there. Start it out to hold your breath halfway, let it out, take your shot like grandma taught you, you know, you know, 50 years ago, to now we break at the bottom of our natural respiratory pause. But then if you look at any army manuals, they'll tell you hold your breath and you could drag it out for three to five, five to 10, 10 to 20, whatever number they'll give you, they'll be like, at the bottom of your shot, hold your breath again, which you don't want to do. And part of it is, to clarify this quick on the doctor side, because you've got a lot of doctors out there listening, it's not oxygen deprivation, it's CO2. So we freak out, our brain freaks out because of CO2. But what we notice new shooters doing is it's like, don't think about your breathing, and they think about their breathing. And what we see in their face, their eyes, their results is if you say, 
Don't think about your breathing. Their brain is looking at their chest. They see nothing through the scope anymore. Their brain is looking at their chest. Just like if you say, listen, follow through on the trigger. Don't slap the trigger. And people are going trigger control, trigger control, trigger control. Their mind is looking at their finger and it's not looking through the scope to see if they're drifting off target, if something changed. So you have to get people into the idea that like our car, this is automatic. If we're driving down the highway, we could be on 76 going out to the range right now, right? It's, we're doing 80 miles an hour and the phone rings. We pick up the phone and it's whoever we're talking to for the next 30 minutes, we're on the phone. Mm -hmm. We have no clue what we just passed. Mm -hmm. We don't look at it, we don't see it, we're talking on the phone, but our hand is making micro corrections the entire time. We're spaced, mm -hmm. we're talking on the phone, what's on the radio, lower that, change that. Oh yeah, good idea, you're thinking that. What is that guy doing driving that car? Why is that tractor trailer doing that? Nobody pays attention. But our hand makes micro adjustments because our brain knows stay between the yellow lines, our peripheral vision's looking at it, and subconsciously we're doing these fundamental driving things. Mm -hmm. We need to get the new shooter in the mindset that he's not focusing on the individual action versus looking at the big picture with it. And then you had a great observation with this, watching the video from Cameo two weeks ago, seeing the shooter on the clock with a tripod. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, yeah the, 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 this guy didn't use a tripod a lot. So after a day of practice, two days of practicing, it was still very, very focused, conscious, mechanical motions. And he knew enough to run up to orient himself to the pin that was going to be his first target. But he, he, just like you said, he ran up to the pin. He didn't see the target. He didn't look where he was. He didn't consider that the shooting zone was, was 10 feet away from him, but he was focused on his tripod. Mm -hmm. he, he set up his tripod perfectly. And then he went to get his rifle and then he noticed that he couldn't see his target and he wasn't, he wasn't in the wasn't box. In the, in the box. So then it flustered. He moved all of his stuff to the box. But then he realized that he'd set up his tripod to the wrong height. And then he had to focus it down. And, and, and it kind of, at that point, it clicked that, you know, when you're, when you're learning something, you're ultra hyper focused. But when you watch somebody who's advanced and continues to develop, it's like you're saying with driving. They, mm -hmm. they learned it and they focused and now they've let go of that focus. And, and so watching somebody repeatedly demonstrate skills where their brain is so focused on that activity, their mind isn't aware of or able to receive that input that you need as a shooter, which is you know while you're driving and you're doing all this stuff and you're talking on the phone, if you pass by a plate that's a New Mexico plate, get behind it and- right you know, or whatever, or, or, um, pay well, it's how they miss the, the wind call. They're missing yeah. the wind because they're worried about the tripod mm -hmm. and they're missing and it's right there. Yes. They just don't notice it. Just like driving. Mm -hmm. Oh crap. That was my exit. Yes. And shit. Now I got to turn around. 
or or they don't even notice that. They're like, oh, what you know, what you right? Do? I'm lost in the moment, and I keep on going. Exactly. And and we see that a lot with new shooters that they're kind of lost in in part of the way we've gotten like, and this works for us is the most basic and routine things like zeroing. We zero several times throughout the weekend. We right, we get them that initial zero. Then we're getting them reps, we're cleaning up their fundamentals. Now their hits are getting better on target. They're tightening up down range. They're starting to they're starting to get those trigger presses in. Well, we exercise their turrets out to a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Well immediately when we're done doing that we bring the new class back to 100 and shoot a group. Because I want to see what scopes don't return to zero and potentially why. Because we notice rings bind the gimbals and they won't all return to zero. Just like the rings bind parallax, the rings will bind the function in the back. So the front ring binds parallax, the back ring will bind the scope and it won't return to zero. So we'll see that and I can fix that. So then... We'll also notice, like, again, the scopes that don't return to zero or the ones that do. And then we see them tighten up their group and we're getting people to shoot groups. It's amazing the wide variety of zeroing, whether it's techniques or what. I don't even know the word for it because technique is giving it too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we do it. All the time, like um, shoot a dot, or you know, we shoot a hole in the paper, and then we just aim at that hole and zero on the hole we just shot. Yeah, and it's just like two rounds. All right, yeah, we're good. I got I'm okay. I'm fine. And that's kind of like how we are, but we really need to be kind of keeping the process in mind because these things for us are processes, not events. Mm-hmm. We want to go out and in that one event, zero the gun. But with a new shooter, zeroing's a process because he's changing as he's getting better. And it's why people will have a, I've been shooting all day. I'm, I'm warmed up. I shot my best group of the afternoon because all they've been doing is shooting 100-yard groups for like two hours. Then they go home and zero. Or they, before they go home, they zero. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> but then they come out two weeks later and their zeros off because they're not warmed up now. Their fundamentals are shit and they're not ready to go. So then it becomes of, is it a mechanical problem or is it a you problem? Because mm-hmm. the human element creates a you problem. So yeah, so all these things have me looking at these processes. And it's nice because the craft drills identify problems in process and are giving you drills to go back and clean them up, but you have to keep going back to it. Because mm-hmm. you're not gonna shoot two craft drills, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, and see a giant improvement. It takes time to tighten that craft drill group up. Yeah. Same thing with a zero. Same thing with all these other things that a lot of us try to get past. It's mm-hmm. like, let's just get this done. Just get me a zero. Yeah. But then they don't know what that means. They don't know how to adjust their turrets because I still, in a, in a one or a, a, a basic PR1 class, there's probably a third 
are going to show up and their turret is on a random number. And it's like, what's that? Your scope says 12. What does that mean? Oh, that's my zero. Mm -hmm. Why 12? Well, I just didn't finish it. <laughs> right, right. And, and it's always, I just didn't, I was waiting for when we got here. Yeah. They have no point of reference. This is like a 33% common, you're going to see it. You may not notice it to people who go to matches because they're spun up in a little higher level. But when you do the basic and even the less than basic, like I was telling you, we have corporate classes. They'll bring in friends. Mm -hmm. My buddy loves to shoot. He's going to come. Bring him. Because <laughs> you paid for 12 people. Your company has eight. The other four you throw in, we don't care. Mm -hmm. Those other four are sort of like volunteered. And when you see that, it's like, wow, this is everyday America who's not into gun culture, but these guys are still out hunting. Like I, I was telling you, there, I mean, there was some stuff this weekend in Alaska, good, but at the same time, it's like, what's that? Well, that's my zero. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't really mean anything because I used a reticle. I have a BDC, so I don't care what my turrets say. And I just hold and hit it. Okay, that's, that's a plan. And, and, and it's like, shoot that 300-yard target for me. And they'll miss it. And it'll be like, that's a 16-inch plate. And you missed it. Right. Well, I don't have any dough. And it's like, well, okay. But he goes, but I got five caribou under this gun. And, well, how did you get that? And it's like, I shot into the crowd. And something fell down. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, man, could you imagine the, like, marketing something like that well but even the kids we met in ohio that had the trail cam with 50 deer in their backyard and they kill deer every week right they told me straight up we don't know how to adjust the site we don't have to the deer are 25 yards away in our woods in ohio we're using a straight pipe ar some 450 yeah. bushmaster thing all i have to do is walk up and if i hit the pie plate Right. I'm going to hit the animal where I need to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, but, but this, this idea of the process is, is like, I don't know, I, I, I get obsessive. And I think that, that maybe people that get a, too obsessive, they run into a problem, right? Because if we see, you mentioned like mechanical and the shooter kind of problems. And sometimes you don't know what it is, so you do a couple tests. If a shooter's shooting like an 8-inch craft drill, mm -hmm. I, could, I could pretty much guarantee we could probably bring that to four by fixing a couple things yeah. right away. And we say, okay, here's the things that you fix. Now they're going to focus on those things, but they might stay at four because they're focused so much on those four things and they always do it. And then you get stuck in that pattern. Well, I always do it this way. But when you always do it that way, you probably are always thinking about mm -hmm. only doing it that way, which is keeping you from growing, right? And so I, I imagine, you know, not a real person, but I imagine like somebody saying, well, you know, I dry fire at home. So every day I get down and I lay down, you know, I do a hundred dry fires and each one I think, you know, I'm going to lift the bolt. I'm going to inhale. I'm going to exhale. I'm going to close the bolt. I'm going to yeah, 90, yeah. 90 degree trigger press. And they've trained themselves to have such laser focus that they have no attention left for anything else. And, and, and so 
they're stuck where they are because they're so focused that, that there's no room to bring in anything new, like wind call, or I want, in, instead of shooting one out of those 50 caribou because my bullet's gonna hit one of them, I wanna hit that caribou specifically. And, but you wouldn't necessarily off the bat notice it because if you watch their fundamentals, you say, wow, their trigger press is great. Their recoil management's great. This is great, but when you put it in application, something's missing mm -hmm. and and it, it, i realize here some of the things that we saw from the good shooters at cameo is all of all of their individual checklists of the 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 fundamental mechanic stuff was 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 fine it was perfect it didn't explain what was wrong until you watch the video and you realize their attention right is not outward it's, it's down in their chest. They're inward. watching themselves breathe and they're yeah. not looking at anything down there. Exactly. But, but, but I do I actually think, like you say, like, well, comp shooters are spun up, but you see it like a mental mistake because I, I can imagine just about everybody that's been to a comp or, or a series of competitions at some point forgot to dial your dope. Yes. Why'd you forget to dial your dope? Because you were focused on mm -hmm. your chest, right? Well, you I did that when I, that last minute, Washington, you and I were shooting in that 18 mile an hour wind. We had just set the targets out. I had the Valkyrie and I had like two mils dialed to get the little plate. Remember where it was like, if I dial it, I can hit the one M away. If I held it, I was missing. If I dialed it, I hit it. If I held it, I missed it. And then I went to this comp and I was going to RO it. And, and I'm like, hey, Carl, I'm going to RO. He's like, oh, we got enough ROs. Just go shoot it. And it was like, oh, okay. So I just grabbed my gun. I shot three stages with two mils dialed on my turret. Because that's how I left before we jumped in the car. And, and so the grass, mm -hmm. the Valkyrie, nobody saw a splash. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw anything. The ROs were like, never saw it, dude. And finally, the third stage... I caught a, a dust, of, a puff of dust, and went, why is the dust over there? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And because my brain wasn't in it, I wasn't thinking about it, but we do make mental mistakes, the counting ones, you know, the, the put it, like, hit that, then back, then hit that, then back, then hit, you know, the, not so much the troop lines that are in and out, but there's all these, they do these kind of crazy stages that you have to count, like, you know, hit, hit, back to here, hit, hit, back to here. You, that you do and it's like fuck mm -hmm. how many people mess that stuff up but but i think that there's there's huge opportunity for conversation and scaling into classes and metrics for measuring and, and even for for take-home stuff because you you if you're not used to what you need to pay attention to for the application because there's no way somebody's gonna be able to do it all all styles of shooting all the time and and account for it right like right like you could be a hunter and a competitor and a pistol shooter and a, you know whatever, you could be put in a scenario where your attention's focused on what you've been doing recently and you kind of just were like, oh gosh, I just didn't. Hey, I wanted to talk to you guys about a partner and that partner is Cobalt Kinetics. If you go to Cobalt Kinetics and look, they have got precision and competition carbines. And I want you to look through their offerings. They are the carbine that I've been competing with for the last couple of years. And every competition that I've gone to with their 223 that I compete with, I've left with a trophy. Every single one, which I think is pretty impressive. So an affordable 
well-built, well-designed gas gun. And I can tell you that it has worked for me and it doesn't break the bank. I'm going to have more to say about them as they have products rolling out, but I wanted to start off with that so that you understand that I have intimate experience with their systems and their systems perform at a level that can win trophies. So check them out. Cobalt kinetics. Think to, you know, for a second, you know, that mm-hmm. one lapse in, in, in momentary right, kind of right. thought processes like, Oh, okay. Um, like, uh, well, you're talking to somebody and then it's like your turn. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Somebody just asked you a question. Oh, Chris, I want to learn about this. want to learn about that. Your turn. And you run up and it's like, Oh fuck, I wasn't ready. Yeah, so how do you develop this focus first to learn a skill and then defocus it, like let it go, mm-hmm. and then have the appropriate process for what you're doing? And then when that's good, how do you layer in enough change where your attention's now trying to pick up something something new um, and, and continue to challenge your ability to focus, but yeah. also be open to what's that next thing that I could be open to if I gave my attention the right uh, well and that's the checklist you know what i mean like that's the shot process where i go like the wtf to like the win target fundamentals you know somebody might be stability aim you know uh, what am i stable am i this are you going through so i really do think it's the process that we have to kind of start working in the better we can streamline not just it's it's because Like even Roberts and those guys ask, what's your shot process? It's kind of involved. It has to. Right. right? And but that's why I do WTF. And I don't break it down to where I'm doing this and doing this and doing this, which I should be doing that. But you need a checklist. You 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 need a checklist. And when I was at Rifles Only, Jacob being a pilot, he did a pre and post shot checklist. Your pre-shot checklist, your post-shot checklist. I found over the all the years at Rifles Only, it was hard to get people to follow the checklist. Like some would do it up front a little bit, but getting people to sort of follow the checklist was a lot harder than I felt it should have been. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I got, like I went to WTF to simplify it because that somebody can think about. When, what is it, what am I going to do about target, what am I shooting, dope, dialed, you know, and then fundamentals, that should allow me to see what I'm doing. But the, the process has to be, you know, like your guys mentioned, you know, my rife, I'm attached, hinge, this, and all those little things. So it's almost like you need a training shot list mm-hmm. and an application shot list. Like when I'm practicing, I need to be here, but when I'm out in the real world, I need to think this. Yeah, and then when, when do you take the, the conscious ones and train to make them unconscious mm-hmm. by, by saying, okay, I'm not gonna think about this, I'm gonna think about something else while I do it, to, but, but also check that I'm doing it afterwards. Like, okay, right. now I got it, now well, I Well, that's it. gotta be the fundamentals, gotta be subconscious at that point. So you have to really work so, any of the mechanics of the fundamentals you're not thinking about anymore. Then it's just win target through the, I mean, really the only one you really want to be thinking about is sight picture. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to be looking 
through the scope. I want to follow the bullet to the target and nothing changes from the moment that shot breaks, right? I'm, I'm break, taking up slack, taking up slack, taking up slack. That trigger breaks. As soon as it breaks, I'm press, break, freeze. I freeze. I want the imperceivable press, press, break, freeze. Nothing at that point changes until the recoil pulse is over and everything stops. Mm -hmm. Then the new decision comes in. Did I hit the target or did I have to follow it up? But it really should just be that frozen moment, except for sight picture, what I'm looking at. And I should be analyzing, 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 hit the target, miss the target. What's the next choice? Okay, I either have a second shot follow-up or I'm done. Mm -hmm. Or I'm moving on to the next one type of thing. So that has to be, and that to me is where the simplification comes in, is that I can go that WTF. 100% of my focus goes to the reticle. I don't think about anything but what I'm looking at. Fire, I follow the bullet to the target. Now I'm making new decisions. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. I think it's, it's just, it's one of those things where, like it seems common sense. It seems we're doing it in, in everything we do in life, but with a lot of shooting, people are focused on specific details so much that they've trained themselves to only focus on that. And they say, well, I'm not getting better. Like, right, because you're right. holding yourself back by trying too hard rather than And we saw it both ways. It. The, the hyper-focus on getting the tripod perfect, mm -hmm. and then we saw when the tripod wasn't. Just that having that head being off level of the ground. So really the tripod, in my mind, like a new shooter should be looking at it from no more than the, the top of the ball head in that, in that alignment of where that ball head is. So they should really only be focusing on where the ball head is or the, the top of the plate. Mm -hmm. They could have a tack table. They can have a bag. Whatever they're calling the top of the tripod, that should almost be the only focus. It needs to be in the, in the center of my chest, scope below my sight line so I get recoil management and not worry about we're like in, in the cameo situation, if he looked for the targets, he should have crouched in and said, I need this height. Yeah, or, or run up and said, which one can I see? First, I need, um, there's three right. targets, like figure out where they are first. Where can I see all three from one position mm -hmm. so I don't have to set up twice or three times yep. or four times or five times? Because what, what really stood out to this video, and I'm breaking it down into little chunks because he, he cleaned it. Mm-hmm. He did it in two minutes and like 50 seconds. So right. like almost timed out. But if you take out the mistakes, he'd have cleaned it in about 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. So he could have done it in 60, but it took him two. Third of the time, right? Yeah. So we did three minutes per plate, more or less. He could have done it in one. Well, just like the timings. Mm -hmm. We had people a minute 30 mm -hmm. and took them down to less than 30. Right. You know, so it's not hard to get those timings down. But but part of getting that timing down is that they focused so hard on the tripod on that to be fast at it. And then when it went to application, they used that same focus rather and they than... missed the targets and everything and where to stand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they're, they're standing behind the tree and can't shoot the target because they were so worried about the tripod. Right. 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 And that that's like a really weird balance because because that's an individual thing. And you need to ask yourself, OK, and now once you have it under control, 
How do you get rid of that? Keep doing it though, and then add another layer. Again, it comes down to those checklists, but how do you impress? Like the checklist has to be so simplistic that people will, like to me, WTF, you're, it's like perfect, right? What mm -hmm. the fuck? And, and it, it's like win target fundamentals, so easy. And you'll get more people to think about that, but how do you get somebody to kind of look at like a comp checklist, a hunter checklist, a training checklist, and, and, and you need that simplification of each one. Yeah, and then, yeah, right, and, and adapt it, but then know ahead of time, all right, I need to get out of this phase and get into this phase, because if I go hunting and I'm making tons of noise, it doesn't matter how good at shooting I am, because mm -hmm. I'm gonna scare off all the animals, or, um, you know, I've been watching some of that footage that, you know, all the drone stuff. So now because we can watch footage of stuff going on in Ukraine, like there's tons of footage of how guys are moving, the infantry guys, how they're moving around and, and what's being responded. But, you know, it makes me think of, um, you know, those, you know, I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing these bounding things and, and you start thinking, okay, I'm up, he sees me, I'm down, I'm up. But if there's a drone above you, yeah. if you go down, if you're down too long, you're dead. Yeah, he drops a bomb, drop on, bomb you. on you. So, so now, if, if that's what's in your head, you, you could be doing that perfect. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right now, you have to be, I'm up, you know, I'm moving. Well, especially because you think you have cover from it? the trench, and it drops you over the top of the trench, like a mortar round, but he, it's a drone over you. Right, so, so now, like, okay, I need to know, I can't stay stationary for more than however long it takes for gravity to drop up you know, yeah. a, a, a mortar. Well, they figure a, a like most of those fuses are about that 10 to 15 seconds I've noticed. So you, you have 15 seconds to be in one spot. You better displace. And, and then get, the, get, get, you know, however far, you know, what, you know, 25, 30 meters. Mm -hmm. and, and so now, but, but all of a sudden that means un, uh, you, you need the movement element of that and the timing element of that but it, now it's not i'm up and i'm down uh it, now it's i'm left and i'm right mm -hmm. and i'm up and i'm down and so um you know all of those make a difference but you need to have that awareness of okay this is how we're moving here right right and, and that context i think is really important and, and for some reason a lot of the other you know a lot of the shooting media articles videos that 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 you see I think it's right. You want to focus. You want to know how that you want to know that you're not screwing up your trigger press if that's screwing up your shooting. But once it's not screwing it up, too much focus on it now is yes. gonna, it's going to cost you. It's so detrimental like, now, right? Yeah, not, right. I'm, I'm so good, it's costing me points. Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right? So you know, it's like, okay, you're good enough now. Now forget it. Do something else. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's like a it's, well, it's and really and because of my training side for me to get out of don't admire your shot because I'm thinking about it. In a comp wise, it's like don't admire, don't admire, don't admire. Like I don't wanna be stalled admiring what I'm doing. It's like, you got the hiccup. It, it, it's like, who cares, got the hiccup. And, and where I'm like, where did I get the hit? Why did I get the hit? What am I doing to get the hit? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you're in a comp, get the hit, go. Doesn't matter, you know? But I'm sitting there like having to fight the training scars of trying to hyper analyze every shot and to execute everything because I'm thinking about video. Mm -hmm. If I screw, if I tap a trigger or did something weird on video and I came like I go to the range, I'm gonna shoot a training lesson. I do something fundamentally unsound that's obvious. I throw that video away. 
I'm not putting it out there and be fundamental Frank and then have me close my left eye in the whole video and you're seeing me like squinting my eye or something because I'm overtired, I'm not wearing my glasses and my left eye closes. To me, that video gets tossed. Mm -hmm. And so that's that kind of stuff to know, you know, what you're doing and to where to recognize it because it's hard for us to do because we can't see ourselves right you know and it's like i come home and i see the video and go oh man i closed my eye that entire shot i was there too long i got tired and my left eye drooped because i i'll do that because my i'm left eye dominant with my glasses on it'll correct it but if i'm overtired or not wearing my prescription glasses my left eye will close because mm -hmm. it wants to and so my because i always shot closing my left eye growing up with a left eye dominant shooter it wants to close but i've trained myself to not close it unless i'm tired or don't have my prescription glasses on mm -hmm. then it'll it'll do weird shit i guess that's one upside of of mixing up kind of the platforms i think you know there's that specificity element of of oh i have my trainer rifle that's exactly the same as my other rifle but at some point you're not opening up the opportunity to learn something by doing it the same way and and, and so what about you know, if, if you always dial elevation, maybe spend a few weeks holding over elevation. Right, right. And then if you always hold wind, maybe spend a few weeks dialing wind it and over. seeing what the differences yeah. are. And if you, and, and then maybe try shooting a, a, a support side or try, you know, just just for a couple of weeks because now you're thinking about something new. Your attention's focused on that for a while, but everything else has to basically take a sideline. But you still have to do it, and then. Um, you know, I wonder if, if I'm left eye dominant too, and I, I can find my, I, I do the same thing and I'm not wearing glasses, but uh, you know. Yeah, you get tired, you get droopy, and the next thing you know, you're closing your eye. Right. right. But what about just, you know, trying to shoot with the left eye? Well, in the cameo class, I, when I transitioned to the left on that one shot, I walked mm -hmm. up to that point and it was like, this point is good. Cause you could see all of them, like you said, where can I engage every target from the same spot without moving. That one place was right on this kind of weird part of the rock in that one stage. But what it required is I shot the, the first close one right-handed, and then I immediately transitioned and went left for the next two. And that's when the students went, is he gonna shoot it left-handed? But I immediately transitioned to left because I have no downside on my left. Right. You know, I work my left every bit as I work my right, and. I even eat left-handed. I do a lot of stuff left-handed. So to me, to switch to a lefty is routine. Mm -hmm. But not everybody's that way. So I see the problem both sides. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see it from the left side, you're missing all that opportunity of maybe not moving. Right. And, and, and it'll also get your, your attention back to, oh, you know, how come when I use my other eye, I'm not squinting the other one because you haven't trained that mm -hmm. other one to, to do that. So you're, if somebody does that all the time, now they're, you know, they, they've, they've focused so much that they've trained themselves to not do it any other way. And that could be holding you back. Right. Right. So, and, 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 and I think that openness is, is really important. And, and I mean, shit, we could talk about this for a hundred days in a row with different elements, but, but you can see it really well when you watch somebody else shoot on video or you watch yourself. Um, but for me, because of watching all these videos that we have and cutting them down and thinking, man, what is it about this that, that, that I don't like? Oh, it's, let's break down the steps and the motions and the, and, and say like, God, you know, if, if, 
if we look at his trigger press, it's good. If we look at his follow through, it's good. If we look at his accuracy, it's good. So, mm -hmm. so why is it, oh, you know, it's his focus mm -hmm. and, and the fluidity moving between um, different skill sets. But if you're so focused on this is the only skill set I need, you're never going to be open. Yeah, you're going to miss all that other stuff. Right, yeah. right. This is where I jump in to say that if you go to rivalcraft.com and get a subscription, you get added metrics to your profile on the website, which can help you get better, more accurate information about your shooting that you could use to propel your training and understanding of your shooting forward. You get emails, subcoms, emails with training targets, ideas, and uh, product discounts as they come about. And you get access to another podcast just like this called The Subcast, where I continue to ask experts and talk about details just like the Riflecraft Straight Dope podcast, but there's more of it. So you get double the content. I try to be much more specific. So, um, you're just going to have to subscribe if you want more and don't, if you don't, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there and they all cover the same topics. I've got my own style. If you like my style and you want more of it, that's a really good way to do it. You don't have to, but it sure helps promote and ensure that this podcast continues to operate the way it does. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. More content, more interviews, more specifics, more ideas for your training, and you're supporting it all as a subscriber with the benefits that come from it. So go check it out at riflecraft.com, get a subscription, and join the growing tribe of people who are trying to empower themselves by learning and experimenting and driving their skill and knowledge to the next level. Thank you.